Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you so much uh, for, for your patience. I want to thank you so much for being with me. For the past three and a half months, um, we've not had an episode, but we are back. We're back with weekly episodes. Um, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for real. Um, A lot of support came from the last episode that I recorded. Uh, Really, really wore my heart on my sleeve that last episode, dude. And um, I want to say this. That was absolutely what God wanted. Um, I needed to step away for as long as I did. Um, I needed time for God to do his thing in my own heart, because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to get into it this episode about some things that I learned. Um, I am not perfect. I am sinful. Um, and God definitely reminded me of that. And not only did he didn't just remind me of that and leave me in that, but he has corrected my error. He has shown me my error and he has been correcting me and he has been blessing me. Um, and he has been molding me to be more like his son. And that needed to happen with me not coming on and trying to preach every week. Um, that needed to happen with me having that one-on-one time with God um, and him doing his work on me in the time that he did. And I did not expect it to be this long, if I'm honest with you. Like, I didn't expect it to be three months. I was thinking top of the year I was going to be back. But, yeah, no, like, this is... This is what it is. So February 20th, Monday, uh, we're back in action, guys. And uh, we're going to get into a lot of the things that I've learned. But before we get into that, man, I got a couple announcements because, um, yeah, there's some stuff that we got planned. Unassociated has never been and it will not just be a podcast. Um, It will not just be a social media page. Um, And to really hit that point, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to start doing more um, events and just having more opportunity for us to come together as a community. Um, If you're someone that's listening to this podcast, because there's a lot of you, um, I don't say that for for, for pride, but there are a lot of you. Um, I want you in Bible study on the top of the month every Monday. I want you at next at the next Poetry Jam. um, And I want you at the Bible Bowl, which which I'm about to announce I want you to start showing up. I want you to start showing out. I want you to start um, participating because it's not enough that you just listen and it's not enough that you just read or that you like on Instagram or on TikTok. Um, I I need us to be participating. I need us to come together in unity because that's become one of the biggest goals that we have um, as 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 a ministry. It's it's that unity. It's that building community. So first things first, let me say this. A lot has happened since, you know, I haven't been on this podcast, so I, I need to say a couple things. One, I want to thank everybody that came out to the Poetry Jam on February 4th. That was absolutely amazing. I did not expect that many of you to come out, I must say. But God really did his thing. Um, thank you to all the poets that were a part of that show. Thank you to everybody who came out. Thank you to my own team as well. Um, God really, I mean, like, that our our team i love i love our team um and it is a blessing it was a blessing to 
serve God alongside you guys and to continue to be doing that. Um, that was an amazing night. The stories that were told were very captivating and touching. The testimonies that were told. The band, thank you so much. Um, Faluke, who sang, thank you so much. That was an amazing poetry jam, period, through and through. Um, and I'm excited, by God's grace, to have another one this year at some point. And you'll you'll know more about that. But I just want to thank you guys so much because that, that blew me away. That blew a lot of us away. That was amazing. Thank you. Second thing is we have something coming up called the Bible Bowl. It's going to be a virtual event. It's going on for two weeks, March 20th and I'm sorry, March 13th and March 20th. Um, it's basically a trivia tournament, right? Um, and it's going to be broken up into two rounds. The first round is going to be on Monday, March 13th um, at 5 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. And it's going to be an entire like every man for himself, every woman for for herself, um, competitive trivia on Kahoot. That's that's going to be the first round. And then the finalists are going to go on to the second round, which is on March 20th, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, which is literally the next Monday. Um, and that's going to be a final round of Jeopardy um, with the finalists. And then one champion will be named one champion will be named. Um, and that champion will have earned the prize um, that will be awarded to them, which is a name and printed Bible that we as an associate will award to you. Um, we're really doing this for the sake of community, for the sake of us, you know, just coming together more often, as I know that that's been a request from some people in our community. Um, so if you would like to be a part of that, you know, we do have a five dollar participation fee um, that everybody will pay when they sign up. So sign up. Um, I have the link in the description. I have the link on the YouTube description, the, you know, whatever you're listening on, it's in the description. Um, and yeah, you know, like let's, let's come together more often then let's do it. Like, you know, let's, let's have this fun. Um, it's going to be educational as well. Um, have the opportunity to meet more people and also possibly win a name and printed Bible. If you don't have one already, they're actually really dope. I've, I've had a couple in my life. Um, so yeah. You'll be hearing more about that. We'll post about it on our on our socials and everything like that. We'll send an email out. Please, please, please sign up. Let's come together. Let's have this like have more opportunity for community. Just like we came together in the Poetry Jam, we can continue to have those times uh, more frequently, um, even if it's virtual. It's still going to be amazing, guys. Um, so, yeah, those are the announcements. Those are the things that I wanted to say. I'll continue to announce the Bible Bowl, continue to sign up, um, and then we'll, we'll get that going March 13th. But man, a lot has happened in the past three months, guys. I must say, um, God has been molding me, and I think that the theme of the past three months has been humility. Um, God has shown me my error, and my error was rooted in pride. Um, it started off if you if you watched the last episode, it started off with me explaining to you guys that I had. A fear. It was my biggest fear in the world. And my biggest fear was to die without having completed everything that God wanted me to complete in life. That was my biggest fear. And when I started to really analyze that fear, I felt like it didn't really make any sense. Because if that's your biggest fear, then the only thing that you need to be concerned with is making sure that you are following God. But I was following God. I've been following God. But still, I had this fear that I'm going to die before I complete everything that God wants me to complete. And then it hit me. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that my fear did not stem from me wanting to do God's will. It stemmed from me wanting to redeem myself for all the years as a young lad that I was overlooked and ignored or mistreated by people that I idolized. 
I had a really, I mean, I've talked about it many, many times on this podcast. I had a real big issue with insecurities. And if I'm being honest with you, it wasn't a big issue. It still is a big issue in my life until rather recently. I have always been insecure about something. It could be looks. It could be the way I talk. It could be the way I walk. It could be maybe I don't have enough masculinity for some people. It could be after I get a rejection from a job or from a girl. It could be, um, I mean, the list is long. I started, you know, I, I can come behind this mic and I'm in a room by myself, you know, and there's nobody else in the room and I can talk like this. Right. But, you know, I've had a couple opportunities to talk in front of a crowd like at church and so on and so forth. And I get all timid and I get all, you know, shy and nervous. And then I feel like I'm not, you know, I get insecure about everything when I'm on stage. Insecurities have riddled my life. Um, and for me, I had a life plan for myself, aside from God's plan for myself, where the goal was for me to accomplish so much in life and feed this self-image so much, so big that other people would give me attention and give me honor and give me praise and give me worship and give me respect. My goal was to get people to praise me, to make up for all the years that I didn't get it when I felt like I should. I called it the redemption plan. I told myself that this is all God's plan. I'm just concerned with God's plan. But no, I also had my redemption plan. And the problem was my redemption plan and God's plan, since there were different plans, they had different strategies, they had different initiatives, they had different goals. The goal in God's plan was, of course, to give God all the glory, to edify people, to help people, you know, come to know Jesus Christ, to, to help them with their spiritual growth, to be there for them, all that different stuff. And I think that you listening to this podcast proves that God's plan has been working. By his own strength, by his own glory, so on and so forth. Him using us as a team, each of us in our individual ways to do just that. But that wasn't enough for me. That was happening, but I wasn't satisfied. You know why I wasn't satisfied? I wasn't satisfied because we don't get a lot of views on YouTube. And I wasn't satisfied because a lot of the times on Instagram, we weren't getting a lot of likes or a lot of engagement. And TikTok, we've gone viral multiple times, but not viral enough. I feel like I want a million followers on TikTok. And why don't I have that? Why isn't unassociated something global? Hmm? Why is it that when we want to plan an event, we don't have loads of money being thrown at us so then we can plan an event without me ever having to come out of pocket? At least that's how it used to be. But by God's grace, you guys have been so faithful. You guys have been so good. Thank you. But nevertheless, these are my thoughts. Why is it that, I, that we don't have a bigger following? These are the thoughts that I had. And I'll be honest with you, man. Maybe you don't like me by the end of this episode, but I'm going to be very transparent with you because I need you to understand what sin is and how sin is something that we have to continually check in our lives. And this was going on in my heart. My story didn't end after I was delivered from sexual sin. Interestingly enough, 
I've come to the realization that I have been more addicted to pride in my life than I ever was addicted to sexual sin. But the thing about pride is that it's so ingrained in so many of us, including myself, so ingrained that it's hard for us to even notice how it informs our goals. It informs our future plans for ourselves. It informs the actions that we take. And because of the pride I had in my heart, simply being a vessel to be used by God to help you, the person that's listening, the person that's watching, the person that's liking, the person that's on the newsletter. It wasn't enough. Because deep down, what I wanted was not to glorify God and bear his image. It was to continue to acquire things to substantiate how special I thought I was in my head. I needed the accomplishments and milestones to substantiate my own high self-image. And I wasn't getting that. And it got me very frustrated to the extent that even though I saw the fruits of labor, it was never enough because what I was looking for was worship and praise and attention and success as the world defines it. That's what I wanted, and I was not getting it. So I became very conflicted, very conflicted. This was what was brewing in my heart, and it came to a point where God was starting to pull me. You know what? Let, let's work on that. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, notification. My notification is going off. My bad. But God said, let's work on that, buddy. So it took three and a half months to work on pride, to work on humility. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the things that God showed me. Before I get to that, I want to explain to you why pride is such a bad thing. There's something that really helped me in this entire journey. And the journey's still going, by the way. Like, God is still humbling me. Um, I still have, you know, progress to be made. Um, but I, I believe that God has made enough progress in me to where it was, it was great for me to, it was a good time for me to return. But nevertheless, man, um, there's, there's something that really helped me. And I have to shout them out because, you know, God really is using this blog to be a blessing to a lot of people and I'm one of those people and it's called desiring God and many of you might be familiar with it I believe it was started by Pastor John Piper um, and yeah it's his blog he has different people uh, right on the blog as well and there are these two particular articles that have blessed my life um, and um, I want you to read those articles that's the homework of today the homework of today is to read those articles I'm going to have them linked in the description um, and it's very important because even me talking about it and just like pulling different quotes this episode from that article won't do the article articles justice. So um, the first one is lay is called is titled lay aside the weight of pride. If you go to the website desiringgod.org or dot com, one of those um, just type in these titles, lay aside the weight of pride and lay aside um, low self image. 
or the weight of low self-image. I forgot. But nevertheless, there's I'm going to read this quotation that really in, like captured everything that was literally wrong with me at the time. All right. <laughs> um, this is what the quotation said. My cumulative sense of inadequacy often feels like a low self-image. Excuse me. But actually, it's largely due to thinking more highly of myself than, excuse me, than I ought to think and wanting others to admire me more than I desire, more than I deserve. My shame comes from an exaggeratedly high self-image that feels exposed by my limitations, weaknesses and sins, making living with or fighting them much more burdensome than necessary. And I want to break this down, man, because when I read this, oh, my gosh, it's like every door that might have been locked in my head like the key was just chink like just opened it and now i'm able to connect so many dots because of this because of this article because of what it illuminated i have said many times that the most insecure person often is the most prideful person not all the time some people are insecure about genuine things that like you know it really just hurts them but in my experience i will say I used to just pity myself for being so insecure, but my insecurities stemmed from my own pride. And I'll tell you why. It's because I just off the bat in life, as as long as I can remember, I thought I was more special than you. Yes, you. I thought innately just as I am. I kid you not. I'm more special. And that's the pride in us. I deserve praise and attention. That's 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 where it starts. But the first issue with that comes when you start to realize that there are things about you, flaws, shortcomings, limitations, failures, the fact that you got rejected, the fact that you lost that go against that high self-image you have of yourself. You believe that you are special, but you also have the idea of the image of yourself that deserves that worship and that praise. The image of yourself that is perfect, the image of yourself that doesn't make mistakes, that doesn't fail, that doesn't fall short. I had that. And every time I failed, I got rejected, I lost. It it reminded me, it exposed me to not be as special as I believed I was. It exposed me that I'm not better than you. And that frustrated me. And as I'm living under the weight of trying to measure up to how special I think I am. And while living under the weight of trying to measure up to this high self image that's supposed to be worthy of your praise and your worship. I fall short. And I'm often disillusioned by the limitations and the shortcomings and the flaws that I carry.
and it frustrates me. It brings me pain. This is the type of pain that makes me want to quit unassociated. This is the type of pain that makes me never ever want to do something that would possibly bring rejection my way. Oh, God forbid. This is the type of pain that makes me never want to make any risk of failing. No. Because if I did, it would only remind me that I am not who my pride says I am. There's a quote. There's another quote that I want to read. And it said this, and this is from the, uh, the Weight of Pride uh, article. It said, when our God-sized self-image meets our fallen man-sized capacities and failures, we become enslaved to pride-fueled sins in a futile effort to bridge the chasm. I'm going to read that again. <laughs> and if you got to pause it and just think and just like digest it. When our God-sized self-image that we create meets our fallen man-sized capacities and failures, we become enslaved by pride-fueled sins in a futile effort to bridge the chasm. I had this God-sized self-image. And throughout the experiences of life, of failure, of loss, of rejection, my God-sized self-image was exposed to the fact that I'm a man. I'm a human that is no greater than any other person. That doesn't got it all together. That is not perfect. And rather than just repenting and running to Jesus, no, what I did and what a lot of us do is that we start to commit pride-fueled sins in order to bridge the chasm between who we actually are, which is not that great, to who we feel we should be that garners the attention and praise from other people, our high self-image. We try to bridge the chasm. And let me tell you something about my experience with trying to bridge the chasm. It was hell. Granted, I don't know how, but I'm trying to articulate how terrible this is and how bad it has, how much of a terrible impact it has had on my life. And it can have on yours as well. A life of trying to bridge the chasm is a life of slavery. It's a life of imprisonment. A life of trying to bridge the chasm is a life filled with comparing yourself to other people. Even comparing yourself, I was comparing myself to even other believers, other men of God, other preachers. Living a life of bridging the chasm is never being satisfied until you are better than other people. It's never being satisfied with what God has planned, but only being satisfied when you get all the praise and worship from other people. Living life of bridging the chasm, the way it looked in my life was that when I saw that I wasn't measuring up 
to this high self image, I was paralyzed. Oh my gosh, I was paralyzed. I, 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 I was paralyzed to do anything that would that could risk me being exposed more. I was, I was super scared of of taking risk, or I was always defining using things, failures, losses, whatever to define me as a human being and. Man, it just it made it really hard for me to actually live life as a living sacrifice um, to the Lord. Because I wasn't concerned about his image and bearing that I was concerned about my image and getting people to worship me. Living life trying to bridge the chasm made me try to get other people to be infatuated with me. Because if I can get a girl to be infatuated with me, um, then that means that I'm substantiating this high self-image of myself that ultimately um, gets all the girls, you know, because the perfect guy gets all the girls. And the perfect guy has has charm. The perfect guy dresses perfect. You know how many times it's how long it's been take it's taken me like over an hour to try and pick out what to wear. Because the perfect guy is supposed to have the perfect outfit. How much time am I am I at? 25 minutes. Man. Pride was terrible. I actually wrote this down in my journal. It said I said the process of experiencing loss, rejection and failure while also trying to hold up the hopes of attaining my high self image became a prison and it caused me to have very low self-esteem. It caused me to manipulate other people. Um, It paralyzed me under the pressure of trying to measure up um, and it caused me to compare myself to other people. That's that's what I wrote down. So. um, It was really the root of my insecurities. Because the reason why I was insecure was because I wasn't the high self-image of myself that I felt like I needed to be. Right? Because the chasm existed. That's where my insecurities were. That's where my frustrations were. Not the fact that in it of myself, I'm nothing. But it's the frustration that I, my pride tells me I should be being worshipped. But life tells me, my experiences tell me that you're not God. But I want to be him. I really hope that I'm making sense. Um, I came to the realization that I want to be free from this prison more than I want people to worship me. And I think that was the turning point. If I can look back at my life and think about all the time that I spent insecure and literally drowning under it, so self-conscious, always being 
distraught and disappointed when I failed or I got rejected or I lost. It's terrible, man. It's it's stolen time away from me. It's stolen time that I could be I could have been confident. I could have just been myself and I couldn't have tried to seek external validation. It stole time away from me. And I told myself, I, I'm I'm I rather have freedom from that than live as a prisoner to my pride. And since then, God has been freeing me, ladies and gentlemen. I can confidently explain to you how sinful my heart is because, let me be very clear, I'm not, and this is what God has really been helping me understand, I am not a product of myself. I need God to be anything good. Like, I need him. I need God to be righteous. I need God to have gifts. I can tell you about my sin because none of us are more righteous than the other. The only difference between me and the most wretched sinner in the world is Jesus is Jesus. The only difference between me and the most wretched sinner in the world is the Holy Spirit within me. Not me. It's God. When I started to receive the answers from God on how to overcome this pride, I was told that I'm going to overcome it in two ways. One, the Holy Spirit genuinely cleansing me from pride as he cleansed me from, you know, my addiction to pornography, and masturbation. He was going to cleanse me from my pride. And also, of course, to increasing my knowledge on the word of God. That's how I was going to overcome pride. One of the first things that I had to understand and this is a crazy part because for some people, this sounds like this is spent, like this is not English. This is not, this is another language. The first thing that I had to understand and God has been helping me to understand to overcome pride is that I'm not great. <laughs> I was talking to one of my homies about it. I was like, I suddenly, I'm not him. And he said, don't say that. Don't say that. Because when we say that we're not great. It often sounds like self-deprecation, but no, it's not self-deprecation to say that you're not great, to say that you're nothing special. It's not self-deprecation. It's the truth. It's the truth. I'm not great. And that's what's been the source of so much frustration in my life. It's because I told myself I'm great, but everything in my life the sin in my life, the shortcomings in my life, the limitations in my life have told me that you are not that image of greatness that you say you are. And it's because I told myself, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm special, I'm special, I'm special, I'm better than that. What does special mean? It means that you're better than others. I added weight on my back of what I felt like I needed to do and accomplish in order to actually live up to the hype. But I can't. 
I'm not great. <laughs> I'm not great. Man. I'm a human. I'm a human. And the reality is we all are. Every last one of us. And if we are to say we are special. If we are to say, if we are to look at anything in our lives and say that that about me is admirable. Any good and perfect gift that we have in our lives. We must acknowledge that it came from God. If you are to say you are special, it's because God made you special. If you are to say that this about me is good, it's because God made you good. I used to think that I was just special, period. Look at the gifts that I have. I'm special. And because I thought like that, I thought, well, special people should garner praise. So I'm going to use my gifts to garner praise. But no. The gifts came from somewhere. It came from my God. And it didn't come from God for you and I to garner praise for ourselves it did not come from God for us to tell everybody how good we are, how special we are. It came from God so we can use them to give him the glory, period. You admire the way that I can get behind this mic and I can speak. You admire the way that, that, um, that I can start a ministry and, and build a team and start a podcast and do social media stuff. It's because God was working through me, not me. Do you admire patience in me? Do you admire compassion in me? Do you admire faithfulness and dedication in me? It's, it's, it's not. I, man. Without the Holy Spirit. I was in girls DMs not too long ago, back in college, trying to get them to come over. I, I kid you not, I was literally going through old DMs and I saw, dang, I sent this, I did this. I, me, Emmanuel, yup, he did. If you gonna think like, let me say this, let's do this. Because I got to put scripture in this. First Corinthians chapter 4, um, verse 6 to 7. The Corinthians at this time, as Paul to Paul is rebuking them because a lot of them are trying to say that, oh, well, we came from, we got saved through Apollos. Y'all got saved through Paul. We're better than y'all. Y'all better than whatever it might be. And Paul had to check them. He said, let's understand something. Me and Apollos are nothing but faithful servants. That's all we are. Even the work that we do will be nothing unless God is the one that gave the increase. And in verse 6 to 7, he says, Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. Verse 7, 
For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you have not received it? So many of us try to act as if we just got it like that. And because we got it like that, we boast about it and we try to garner praise for it. But the Bible asks the question, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you didn't receive it? I had to come to the realization, any type of thing that I can use, any reason in my life that I think I'm special for is something that I have received. And if that is true, then I have no reason to prop up a high self-image about myself. I have no reason to think that I'm better than anybody else because the only difference between me and them is that God gave it to me and not to them. That's it. Because that's how it pleased him. That's it. Because he can give it to somebody else too. And that's it. So then we have to come to the realization that we're not more special than anybody else. Or if we're going to say that we're all special, then we're all special. And if everybody's special, then who's really special? We have to then come to the realization that you're no better than me and I'm no better than you. And we are all just wretched sinners that God chooses to deal with because he loves us. I can't put my worth in anything else but the fact that God loves me. Maturing is realizing that you are not more special than anyone else. And you don't have to be. Maturing is realizing that every type of reason that you think you have in your life to be prideful and to boast about and to admire yourself about and for other people to admire you about is a gift of God that was given to you, not for you to tout it and tell everybody that you're great. It was to tell everybody that he's great. That's what it's for. It's not for you. It's for him. That right there has caused me to be the most free I've been in my entire life. Because now I don't need anybody to validate me. What's there to validate? I don't, there is no more bridging the chasm between my high self image and who I am, a person that genuinely has limitations, capacities, and failures. Because there's no high self image that's even justified. What justifies it? The gifts that I have that came from God that I received, I can't even boast. So there's no more chasm to bridge. There's no more need for pride fueled sins. To fill my life. There's no more need for me to be disappointed when I fail. There's no more need for me to expect more out of me. All I got to focus on is following the Lord. Oh. Boom. And he is going to use me how he wants to use me. He, I, and we will accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish. And I will be his faithful servants because that is my focus is to bear his image, not get you to worship mine. Man. I need you to search yourself 
I need you to ask God to help bring out what is it that is going on in my heart. I thought that I was here for you for a long time. No, I was here for myself. And I'll be real with you. I was here for myself. But no more. No more. God's going to get the glory for my life. I don't need your applause. I'm not doing it for your applause. I'm not doing it for a high self-image. I'm not doing it for success, as the world says. Many of you are broken. Many of you need healing. Many of you need deliverance. All of us, we need Jesus. I have seen the freedom that comes with humility. It's amazing. It's so amazing to not care anymore. It's so amazing to walk past a beautiful woman and I genuinely do not care to like, I don't care. Like, and let me explain. Like, I used to think that, oh, I got to get her attention. I got to get her praise because the high self-image gets all the girl. I don't even care. <laughs> it feels amazing to, all right, let's let's plan this project. And if it flops, it flops. Okay, let's figure out why it flopped and let's troubleshoot that. But I don't have to use that as a indicator of who I am. I don't I, I like I, I, I don't that that has nothing to do with who I am. There's no more ego to bruise is what I'm trying to explain. There's no more ego to bruise. There's nothing to lose. So there's no stress of trying to keep. You understand what I'm saying? <sighs> Man. Pride impacts our lives more than we think, guys. Um, God has revealed that to me. He's revealed it in me, and I pray that if that's something that has been a persistent issue in your life, he reveals it to you as well. And when he does, take your time. Take your time. It's a very hard thing to unlearn because everything in society continues to perpetuate that this, this idea that you are the center of your own world. Everything is about you. You're the main character. Put yourself first. Self-love is the best love. Level up on them. The haters are watching you. You did that. You ate everything in culture has some type of subtext that encourages us to do things for our own, to garner our own worship and praise. So we have the habit of doing that. And it takes it takes time for habits to break. Like I said, I'm still on it. I was I was I was so upset that a couple of uh times that I spoke in public, like at church, I'd be so timid. I was still upset about that. Like, why am I so timid? Because I wanna be this 
great speaker that's so captivating. Oh, no one ever falls asleep when I talk because I'm so captivating. I'm different from other preachers. No, everyone, like, that's what I want to be. So because I want to be that and I wasn't that, then I was like, ah, you know, I was thinking about it all day. Like, oh, man, like, how, how come I'm doing this? How come I'm doing that? But there it is, that pride again. Interestingly enough, when you're not concerned with the pride and you're not concerned with um, everything has to be like, I have to be perfect in those in that in that space of no longer being concerned with my own self image. I have been the most impressed with how I speak, how I behave, how I meet new people, how I work a room how i dress <laughs> everything <laughs> mm, man the reason why you think low of yourself is typically because you think too highly of yourself more high than any human should think of themselves that's why you think you're small because your high self-image is way too big not because you're actually small. Everything's small in relative to something else. It's it's small in relation to you trying to be God and you are not him. <laughs> Man. Pride. Pride is terrible. If I tell you that I was literally trying to make this entire message, like write out my notes for this message, and I just could not get my thoughts on paper. And I said, Holy Spirit, I don't know what's going on. My name is Emmanuel. That means God with us. Just be with me to be able to articulate how I can articulate. And I pray that that's what happened, that what I explained today was clear enough for you to understand. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I am so happy to be back. You guys' support and you guys' love, you people that reached out to me, you folks, man, I love you guys. I'm sorry for the times where I, 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 I felt like you're expressing to me how much this podcast and this ministry has helped you wasn't enough for me. I apologize. It's the sin in me. Have mercy on me. And I pray that you forgive me. For the people I've ever done wrong, I pray that you forgive me. For the for the people that I, I objectified you, I pray that you forgive me. For the people that I have only seen as as as, as checkpoints or, or points on a board if I know you or if I get you to infatuate uh, be infatuated me or if I if I manipulate you enough in order to worship me so I can feed this high self into myself I apologize you probably didn't even know but I apologize you're looking at someone who needs Jesus just like you you're looking at someone who has fallen short time and time again but God is working on me and he's working on you and by his grace, man, we will become more and more like Christ as we go on. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy. I thank you for your grace, oh God. I want to thank you personally, Lord Jesus, because when my heart was not truly there with you, oh God, it's not that you casted me away. Your grace was extended to me to show me my error. And then not only just show me my error and say, it's up to you, fix it. No, for you to tutor me and coach me and mold me and help me to come out of that. And Father, I say this as a testament 
to them, Lord, as a testimony to exclaim your goodness and your grace that, Father, those that are struggling the same way I was struggling with pride or whatever it might be, Father, show them their error and not just show them their error, but help them, O oh God, and walk them through how you will make them more and more righteous, O oh God. I thank you. We thank you for your grace. We confess all of our sins to you, O oh God. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this podcast. I thank you for allowing all of us as a part of the team to be vessels for you. We don't deserve this, but you've given us this privilege. Help us to never mix that up. Help us to do things to bear your image, not to get people to worship ours, Lord. <sighs> Excuse me. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Excuse me. I don't know why I'm burping like that, but it is what it is, man. <laughs> um, I love you guys. I'm so thankful for you guys. I want more moments for us to come together. Bible Bowl. Um, sign up for the Bible Bowl in the link below. Um, and um, come out to Bible study too, y'all. Come on. Come out to Bible study come out to these events that we're going to be having um we need that unity and love we need all of that i'll see y'all next week <laughs> love y'all